Mitä pelataan podcast? My favorite games of all time. That I own. 2020 edition. Last part. Positions 9 to 1. Welcome to the last part of this list. I am wondering if you've been here since the beginning of the list or did you just come here to listen to my top 9 games? It doesn't matter though. Today we have the 9 favorite games of all time in my opinion and in my subjective opinion. There are three new games that I hadn't played earlier. One of them is newer, one of them is partly newer and one of them is older than 2018 when I made the list. Before we begin I want to add some things before we are in the top nine. Uh, First thing is that Spirit Island is on position 33 if I count the games that I don't own. Now I own the Spirit Island like I said previously when I talked about Unlock that I got Spirit Island also so that would be on the list and it belongs to the list. And also I've played some games after I made the list and I want to mention a few of them that might belong to the list had I played them before I sorted this list. I didn't want to resort it again. Transatlantic is a game that might have made its way to the end of the list. I played it again lately. Lately meaning end of May. But anyway, after I sorted the list, that would have maybe crawled its way up. But it needs a play on the table, not only in yukata.de. Out of the other games, La Isla was a big surprise. I had no hopes for that game. People are saying that it's not good from Stefan Feld. I don't own it though. I will get it if it's cheap somewhere because I like the game that much. Then Race for the Galaxy. If I owned it, it would be on the list. I don't own it. I play it in board game arena. It works very, very, very well there and it's very quick to play. Same with Seven Wonders. I didn't own it. Now I own it. I got the new version from Asmodee. Thank you to Johan Bruman for sending it to me. I just put a post about it to Instagram on the new edition and the artwork and such. Seven Wonders works very, very, very well and is very fast to play in board game arena. It's like ridiculously fast. But now I own it, so it would be somewhere on the list, probably at the end of the list. Estates is a good game. It would probably be also on the list. I didn't have it even. Maybe I had it. I don't know if I had it. I got it used in the spring at some point. But I played it in June, end of June, and it would probably be on the list also at the end of the list. Pax Porfiriana would definitely be on the list. I played that also at the end of the June, and that's a great game. It belongs to the list, definitely. But no point in mixing this list anymore. I played Yokohama again, and that would also bring it higher. I was about to sell my Yokohama, but after playing it in board game arena, I decided that I'm not selling it. It's, it was much better than I remembered it being. Targi I've played online, and now I have it. I just recently bought it from Amazon DE. It was cheap. The 
English copy, it was 15 euros or something like that. So I got it, finally. I've been trying to get the English copy for a very long time. Now I found it cheap enough and ordered some other stuff at the same time. So I got it with free delivery. So Targi would be definitely on the list also. Then at the end of July, I played London second edition. That was absolutely fantastic game, especially with two players. I really, really liked it. That would be on the list, maybe even higher than midway of the list. It would go directly that high. Uh, also innovation, I played it online. I still didn't play the copy that I have, but now I have played it. That might be on the list, but it's so, it's so random, so, so, so random game that <laughs> it sometimes might not, might not uh, work as it's supposed to work, but it probably belongs to the list. And last weekend, like three days ago, I played Reef Encounter. I liked that game a lot and that would definitely be on this list higher than midway. I want to play that again quite soon. I liked how the mechanisms work together in that. Also Dinosaur Island, I played on the same day. That's a bit, it was better than I expected because people were complaining that it's not good because it's blah, 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 some strategy stuff and nonsense. I never read strategy guides or strategy stuff, so I don't care. I want to make my own strategies. I liked it and this is a group by game, so if it stays on my shelf, then it should be on this list. If someone else wants it, then it might not stay on my shelf, so then it shouldn't be on this list. But anyway, it would be in top 90 when counting the games that I don't own. Then some games that I think that will go to my top 90 after I play them. I haven't played them for one reason or another. I'm just listing them. Antiquity, I got this summer. I'm almost certain that I will like it a lot. Argenta Consortium has been waiting to be played for a long time. <laughs> that seems like a game that I will like and it should probably find its place to this list. Also, The Colonists, <laughs> I don't know if I ever get to play that it's been waiting so long, but it seems like a game that I will like enough to come to this list. Eclipse Second Dawn of the Galaxy came from the Kickstarter and that looks like a game that I would like enough to add to this list. Uh, I acquired Mage Knight for solo play mostly and because it looks really 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 interesting I'm sure I will like it. I couldn't find the Ultimate Edition so I have the Basic Edition and Lost Legion expansion but that should work. I try to play some solo games. People are praising that so much that I want to try it as well. Pax Transhumanity I've played in Essen and I want to play it again. I've only played it once, but it's not enough because we didn't have the heat in the game when playing it. And I want to play it. That seems like a winner, so to say, <laughs> that it will be highly likely that it will be in this list. Roads and Boats, I found the 20th anniversary edition in spring and I still didn't get to play it, but that one I have and I'm almost certain I will like it, but there are a few things that seem like um, they might break the game for me so that I don't like it as much as I'm expecting to. 
and last on the list, Tricarian Legends of Illusion. This came to me from the Kickstarter, first Kickstarter in 2015 or 16, and it's still unplayed. I don't know, I'm going to give up with this in a while. Because, yeah, the symbology and everything. Like I probably said something about this during the anachrony part of the list. But I think that I will like this when I get to play this. If I get to play this. But I should get to play this. I'm looking at my wish list currently that I have marked in board game geek. That are there anything that would be on the list? Container would be on the list, but it seems impossible to get. I've played it and I like it a lot. It was on 55th position on the list when counting the games that I don't own. Of course I want Indonesia and Great Zimbabwe as well, but I can wait. No rush. When they reprint them, I can get them then. Maybe Capstone will help them reprint them, as they did with Bass, and that was a great result. There's not that many games on my wishlist. Star Wars Outer Rim might be, but I don't know what will happen to it or Firefly after I play it, because it seems that it's a shortened version of Firefly. And I might like Firefly theming more than the Star Wars theming in this type of game. So it might be a stupid buy or it might be a good buy, but I will get it at some point, somehow, some way, someday. Yeah, but that's about it. Let's get to the list. Before we go to the list, I'm offering you a chance to win some games. <laughs> Winning games means that I have some of these review copies that might not be suitable for our board game club. And I have some used games for sale that I want to get rid of. People are not understanding to buy good games, it seems. So you have a chance to get them. You can participate from anywhere. The only thing is that you have to pay the shipping costs yourself. If you win, I'll send you the game after you pay the shipping. Why? Because I'm not getting anything monetarily from here, or doing this or doing anything. So I don't really want to lose money either by <laughs> giving you a prize. I'm sorry about that, but in my opinion it's the way that it should be done in this kind of thing. It's different if a publisher or someone says that we will pay the postage. Of course then they pay the postage, but especially if sending abroad then it's a bit expensive to some countries and also it's expensive to ship everything as you know probably in all the countries it is maybe not in central europe or us but otherwise it is so anyway how you can participate is that make your own top nine list of games favorite games of all time favorite not objective games but favorite games and decide how you make it is it the hottest top or what what is it what way do you want to do it as long as it's your favorite games in some way and that top nine list send it to me by email to mitapelatan at gmail.com if you want you can describe why you chose what you chose and you can add pictures if you want or whatever or you can share it from any social media you can send a private message to my page in facebook mitapelata or you can Upload a picture to Instagram 
or you can add it to Twitter or wherever you want. If you use social media post, tag it hashtag mitapelataan my top nine. Nine being a number and mitapelataan being without a. So what is my username and then my top nine. Nine being a number. You have time to participate until midway of September and on my birthday I will give you the gift. You don't have to gift me, I will gift you. And let's see who gets what. Depending on the number of participants I might give more than one or to more than one participants. Let's say that I will give minimum to 10% <laughs> but maximum to 100. So if there's one participant that participant will win whatever is there to win and the winners will be in order so they will get to choose in that order what they want from what are available and as i said you can participate from anywhere but the shipping costs are on you and all my games are in minimum good condition i use sleeves and i don't misbehave towards the games i handle them well and we don't have animals here so you're getting them from a hair-free home, so to say. So no allergy scare or such for that. Anyway, you can participate by email or make a post to Instagram or Twitter. Remember the hashtag. Or you can send a message in Facebook. And I will probably, possibly read all those lists in a podcast episode. And maybe I will evaluate them. I like how Punchboard Paradise are doing for their patrons that they read the list and then they mm, kindly <laughs> tell their opinion on it kindly or not kindly depending if they know the person or not but yeah I, that's a great idea and i thought that i can do the same you can make top 10 list also if you want to but nine is a good grid for instagram that's why these are also in parts of nine or sets of nine games now we get to the list let's go On the ninth place on this list is a game that was on position 10 last time when I made this. I haven't played this since making the list last time and now if I won't play this before making the list next time this will be out of the list because then it will be too long since I played it. And this is published in 2016 designed by Cory Konitschka, published by Fantasy Flight Games. And this is Star Wars Rebellion. This is like some bigger <laughs> people than I have said, like Tom Vassell, for example. This is Star Wars in a box. And I like how it works. It's asymmetric. It's Rebellion versus the Empire. And the Empire tries to find the Rebel base and the Rebel base tries to spend time, stay hidden. And whoever manages to accomplish their goal, wins the game. I got the expansion for this, but I haven't yet played with the expansion. I should, because that should make the combat at least better in this game. But this is a thematic two-player game, and I want to play this again soon. It's not as long as it might seem like, and it's not as difficult or heavy as it might look like. On the ninth position in this list, Star Wars Rebellion. 
on the eighth position in this list is a game from 2007, but it was redone in 2018. The newest versions are by Roxley, and the game is designed by Martin Wallace. The newer edition also has Gavin Brown and Matt Tolman as designers, but they also give credit to Martin Wallace. And this is Brass and Brass Birmingham. Why are they in the same spot? They are in the same spot because they are so similar. If someone says that these are different games, totally different games is wrong. It's like saying that Pixel Tactics 1 and 2 are different. Yes, they are different because they have different cards in the deck, but it still uses the same core mechanism in the game. And they are closer to each other than separated from each other. And I think I like Lancashire more because it's more elegant and it's more pure. It doesn't have this beer in it and it's more, how can I say, it's more approachable in a way that there are less moving pieces or less things to think about. Also, I like this Brass Birmingham (laughs) because it has this extra things to think about and extra moving pieces. So they are totally different in that way. It's the same core, but they feel different. That's what I'm trying to say, that they are not as far from each other as they could be, or people think they are, but they are further than some people think they are. They play similarly, but they feel very different. And you have to do some things differently. Currently I like Lancashire more, but let's see how it works. Maybe I will like Birmingham more. I hadn't played Brass earlier. It was my first time playing Brass and first time I played was with Brass Birmingham. So I played Birmingham before I played Lancashire and I did that on purpose because I was able to stay away from Lancashire so long. So why not stay for a while longer? So Birmingham first, Lancashire last and Lancashire seems feels better currently because it is cleaner and more elegant design. On the 8th position in this list, Brass, Lancashire and Birmingham. On the 7th position in this list is a game that I have not played on the table even once. I've played it online, I own it, I have it sleeved, I have it ready to be played and I've played it with the app but this Digital implementations, they make the game so much quicker and easier and there's not that extra playing around with cubes and cards and such. This is published on 2015. It's a re-implementation of an older game with about the same name. It's published by Czech Games Edition, designed by Vlada Svatil. And this is Through the Ages, a new story of civilization. And like I said, I haven't played it on the table. The board game arena implementation is good, but the app is close to perfect. I really like the app a lot. It's the best board game app that I've played ever. It has some changes in the rules. And the best thing in it is that it shows what cards are in the deck. Best and best. It makes it easier to play. Because... If someone has the game memorized, they will remember what there is. And if you haven't played it that many times, like I haven't, then I lose it in the beginning already. Because I don't remember or I don't know what cards there are in the game. And it shouldn't be a memory game in a way that 
if you remember what cards there are, you will win the game automatically. That's not how it should be played. I haven't played multiplayer with the app. I've played multiplayer with board game arena though. And yeah, even the solo mode in the app is really good. I've played the earlier version also. I liked it then and I thought that it was really good. But this one makes it more straightforward and is of course a bit better looking. <laughs> and the cubes are probably better than those mini discs. They were really mini discs, not the music things that you can listen music from by Sony, but these small cylinders that were like cut in half in height. If you've seen them, you know what I'm talking about. They're like these pills, like small pills, mints almost. But anyway, those were really difficult to handle. Uh, this game was on position 23 the last time. Now it's here on position 7 because I've played it more and I've played the new version that 23 was likely the old version's position, but now it's here on the seventh position in the list. Through the ages, a new story of civilization. On the sixth position in the list is a game. This is probably the only game I have rated 10 on Board Game Geek. I'm not giving 10s, I'm not giving 1s, but I give things in between in the ratings but this is a 10 everything considered not only it's not a perfect game there is no perfect game available or around but this is as close as 10 as i think a game can be in my opinion i backed the first kickstarter in 2017 it arrived the box was ridiculously huge i mean it was usually the big boxes are long but this was tall and not long, and I, it was so strange when it came. It's designed by Isaac Childress, you already probably knew what it is. Published by Cephalofair Games, and this is the number one ranked game in board game geek, Gloomhaven. Now, the thing is that it's 10, but it's not my number one game. It's not my number one game because I haven't played it for a long time. It's inside my game table, there's a vault self-made vault when we moved here to this house that we are now I made it and we set up the game there played a few times in a row and now it's still there <laughs> it's been untouched for a while <laughs> let's say but if I haven't played this again the next time I make this list this will be out of the list like Star Wars Rebellion it's been too long since the last play actually there are few there is one more game on this list which has the same situation. So three games in my top nine has the same ultimatum that I have to be able to play them soon. This was originally originally last time on position three on the list, but it's come down a bit. Not that much that it matters, <laughs> but it's here now. A Gloomhaven is a it's in a way cooperative and in a way semi cooperative because you play your own characters. You advance the characters, they gain experience and items and money and everything. And then the point in the game is to retire characters. So when you, when your character does their own task, they have a task or a quest. When they complete that quest, you retire that character and you get to open a new character that is hidden in a box. And in that way, it keeps the interest in the game going. 
I'm not that much into that. I'm more into putting stickers to the map and finding the new places and about the storyline. Because the storyline is written surprisingly well for this kind of a game. Isaac did a great job with it and whoever helped him. I'm actually now currently waiting for Jaws of the Lion. Somehow I'm planning to get it and I'm planning to play it with the wife. So we remember or memorize Gloomhaven step by step so I don't have to read the rules again from the beginning how everything works. And I'm hoping that we play the Jaws of the Lion and then we jump back into Gloomhaven before Frosthaven comes. <laughs> that there's enough to play for the rest of our life but let's see somehow we will advance. We are not very far. We played less than 10 times but still we enjoyed it a lot. We made one mistake when beginning because I'm playing Inox, the brute, and the wife is playing the mage, what is it called, the crystal spellweaver, and that's not a very easy combination for the beginning if you don't know what you're doing. I'm thinking that we should probably switch so that we <laughs> last a bit longer, <laughs> that it would be easier to play some of the missions. And that aside, the game is very good and this is the only not the only but one of the few thematic games that my wife liked or has liked so far she liked arkham horror as well but for others she's actually saying that i'm not interested and she's really bad at battlestar galactica she likes it but i can see from her when she's the silent so it's not good to play that same with resistance if we play that she looks guilty all the time <laughs> no but it's easy to see when she's the traitor. She's too honest a person for those kinds of games. But she likes them. Anyway, I'm not talking about that now. This was about Gloomhaven. That is on position 6 on this list. On the 5th position is one of the wife's favorite games. Actually, three in a row now are games that she really enjoys and would only play these three games <laughs> if given the chance but I'm not giving her that chance <laughs> she should play new games with me as well otherwise I'm only playing this this one next one and the next one and that just won't do this is a game from 2016 it's one of the most popular games in the last five years probably the most popular game people like it some people hate it this is ranked on the fourth place in Board Game Geeks top 100 and last time this was on the list on position 16 now it's here this is published in 2016 by Fricks Games but made public or made popular by Stronghold Games and designed by Jakob Fruxelius and it has soon too many expansions and it is terraforming Mars Speaking of too many expansions, I didn't understand why they would make a Kickstarter for a box. I mean, yeah, if it's your thing, do it, but I'm not packing a box. That's a bit ridiculous. No matter what tiles come, I mean, if it comes with the 3D pieces, I don't care. It's fine with the tiles. As long as the game works well, it's nonsense, in my opinion. I would <laughs> never pack that if there wasn't anything superb in that. In that. But I backed the previous one, this, I don't even know what it's about, but it had this 
proper player board, so it was Insta back after seeing that. I haven't tried it. Turmoil was the expansion's name. I haven't tried it, but we are playing with all the other expansions, sometimes switching the map, sometimes either having the Venus or the Colonies, but it's so problematic to separate the cards, so currently we have this 50 centimeter pile of cards and we just <laughs> play from there. Um, this is interesting because the wife immediately liked this game and when we played it, when I taught it to her and we played it the first time, she said the next evening that we play it again and then again. So we played it maybe three or four times in a week and that is really, really strange that it's even possible. Maybe it was that kind of a time with the work and everything that it was possible, but we played it very, very, how can I say, like hardcore way many times in succession, in successive evenings. And yeah, you try to make Mars inhabitable here. You have to raise the heat, make enough seas so that there is water and also there should be oxygen enough for breathing purposes for the plants so they can begin creating more oxygen and make there to be a proper atmosphere. The game works with cards, you have cards, everything works with cards, you play cards and you pay the cost and then you get something out of it and then you collect resources, when you have resources you can build things to the map or advance one of those criteria I mentioned earlier and whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins, what a surprise. People say that you should draft, we are playing mostly two player games and I am strongly against drafting in that the thing with this game to me is that if you don't draft, it becomes tactical. If you draft, it becomes more strategic. Also, it becomes a memory game. You should remember what the others had. If you have better memory than the others, you have an advantage, of course, immediately. And also, it doubles the playtime. Drafting makes this game so much slower that I don't recommend it to anyone unless someone wants to play hardcore and thinks that yeah I will remember everything and I know what you're doing and that will somehow make my game experience or my life better. It won't but you might think that it would. Except that if you don't value your time you can draft draft your heart out if you want. But for us there's no drafting in this game because we like to play this in a tactical way. In two player game you can throw all the hit cards away if you want hit cards means that you target someone and do something they can be annoying at some point especially because you just target the other one and this shouldn't be a war game this shouldn't be hitting the other but sometimes we keep them in sometimes we don't keep them in it was actually good I said to the wife that do we take them out she said no in the next game she got two that hit me I said do we take them out she said no no there's no need in the next game I got three that hit her and then she said that she doesn't like them anymore. So yeah, maybe take those out if you don't like them. In any case, this is a very popular game, you've probably heard too much about it. And if you don't like the game, you are probably trying to skip ahead. So I'll help you and we'll go onwards on fifth position on this list, Terraforming Mars. On the fourth place is a game published on 
18. It has a bit of a similar feeling than Terraforming Mars, but then again it's not a similar feeling. This was last time not on the list, because I hadn't played it. It's designed by Vladimir Suhi and published by Delicious Games. It's Underwater Cities. This is also a two-player game to us, and I've been thinking that is this better than Terraforming Mars, but with the expansion, this was it new discoveries. What was it? have <laughs> the expansion on the shelf, but I don't remember the name now. Yes, it was new discoveries. With that expansion, it does the same as Prelude does for Terraforming Mars. I mean, you should never play without Prelude, because it makes the start so much faster and better in Terraforming Mars. Here, it also takes one turn of the game, but it does it in a better way than Prelude in Terraforming Mars. And if there is one flaw in this game, is that it begins very slowly. And the beginning of the game might be so that you just do some random stuff that you don't want to be doing. Just spending time. But if you add the expansion, it takes that first turn away. It doesn't... I mean, you don't lose anything from the game. You just gain. You gain time <laughs> for yourself. And you get boost and it, it works really well. This also has a card playing mechanism that you play a card. If the card matches the color of a action space that you want to activate, you can do the action and the card. Otherwise you only get the action if it doesn't match. You're building a city underwater, making tunnels, building domes, and then building different buildings like labs or kelp farms, for instance, to the cities, and then you harvest and collect things and then you collect points and there are lots of small things here <laughs> to consider but the expansion makes this game close to 10 for me also i've rated it now at 9 but new discoveries was the best expansion of last year and if you like this game you should definitely get the expansion it has modules so you can choose what to take there's a museum board and other stuff but this Boost in the beginning is is something that makes this game very close to perfect. On the fourth position in my list, Underwater Cities. On the third place of the list is a game that was on eighth position last time, but we played more and with the expansion this is also a two-player game for us. It seems that I have these two-player games here. And this is from 2016. It's designed by Uwe Rosenberg. It's published by Spiele. I have the German version, but the English version is by Zeman Games. And this is A Feast for Odin. I have not played it with more than two. I don't know if I need to, maybe, but maybe not. It works so well with two players, especially with the Norwegians expansion that fixed everything in the game that I didn't even know that was <laughs> broken. That's probably exact word that I used when I wrote about the expansion to Instagram as a review, mini review there. Basically in this game you have your own village and you give a feast to your Vikings or a feast for Odin. You have to feed them every round of course but that's not the main thing in the game you have a board that you try to fill 
with this polyomino tiles and the tiles are different there are different colors the red ones are livestock or meat products yellows or orange are food you can't put them on the board but you can put them to some buildings you can upgrade the tiles into higher ones but basically with the orange and red you feed your vikings and with green and blue you fill your board greens are good and blues are loot basically or mainly blue you get if you go for a raid or if you upgrade your green tiles green are things that you can produce and then there are some other loot like unique items they are gray ones you can get them as well and you just try to enclose the area or cover the area every empty spot gives you minus points at the end of the game and you try to cover that and then you get positive points from some of the tiles and from elsewhere in the game and this is a worker placement game mainly as a mechanism besides this polyomino thing and there are lots of spaces to choose from and as i said this norwegian fixes things that i didn't know that were broken it changes the board i mean it's like an updated board and it works much better than the original board and this is a must get expansion in my opinion if you play this game more than once even if you play once play with the expansion i think um, so in your turn you put your vikings to the board you choose the spot what you do you can go to hunt besides the things that i said earlier you can go sailing you can migrate you can whatever you think that a viking can do almost not of course everything but many different things you have cards that you can play that give you some kind of bonus and you can go to smaller islands that you also have to cover with the tiles and they give you resources when you cover some parts of the island and leave these resources open so that it produces things give you income the more that you close the board or cover the places on the board the more income you get if you cover it in a proper way that it's a rectangular shape and no holes there every round you get more vikings and you get to place them so the game in a way escalates a bit you have to feed more food to them and you have more things to do after you get the engine running and you can do bigger actions because bigger actions require more vikings and this game just sings <laughs> it's a great game two player also it doesn't have much interaction just blocking the spaces from the other player but that's almost all there is and it's good <laughs> good in that way because you have to concentrate on your own doings quite a lot in this game but if your opponent takes a pace from you it's not the end of the world like in some other games of similar style like in agricola it can be really brutal if someone takes your spot that you really need that round here it's not that disastrous you can somehow cope with it and come back from it anyway a great game and a two-player game for us here on the third position in the list a feast for odin so two more games on the list one of them is a new game to the list which one will it be is there a new number one or not do you remember what my previous number one was maybe or maybe not 
The next game on the list is published on 2012 and it's a two-player game. It's designed by Roberto Di Meglio, Marco Maggi and Francesco Nepitello, published by RS Games and it is War of the Ring, second edition. And this was my number one game last time. So if you know my style of games and type of games, you might already know what is number one, but if you haven't listened to me or followed me, maybe you don't know. Or if you don't know me personally, you probably have no idea what the game is on the first spot. War of the Ring might or would be the number one game, but I haven't played it since making the last list. And this is the third game besides Gloomhaven and Star Wars Rebellion on this top 9 that will be out if I don't play it before next time I make the list. This is a long game, but it's a great experience. It says 2 to 4, but it's a two-player game, basically. And this is like Star Wars Rebellion was Star Wars in a box. This is Lord of the Rings in the box. Uh, the game is played on a map of Middle-earth, and it's Sauron's forces against the Fellowship, basically. And Fellowship consists of dwarves and humans and elves of different factions, and they are closing their eyes to all the evil arising until the evil is too much at their gates and until the evil is, so to say, at their face. So they are behaving like the people in the world nowadays. So just go about eyes closed and mouth open, usually. <laughs> and react only when it's in a way almost too late. The Fellowship can win by destroying Sauron's forces. That is not going to happen in this game. I don't know if it ever happened in this game. Or they can dump the ring, the one ring, to Mount Doom. The Fellowship can stay hidden and you can take characters out of the Fellowship to go help the free folk or what they call these people wake up. To tell them that hey there is this pandemic not pandemic there is this sauron about use a face mask no take the eye mask away and maybe they will understand but maybe not sometimes they would and you can go and say about other wrongdoings in the world also this is really relevant to the current situation in the world that's interesting i didn't think about it before now it just came to my mind yeah people are stupid as a whole huh Interesting. Anyway, or not stupid, but unwilling to see wrong around them. And they are just in their own bubbles, as long as that bubble bursts. Anyway, this is a really, really tight game. You have cards that you can play and do something with them. The dice are rolled and you choose to die, what you do with it, what actions you do with it. And the good guys, so to say, try to get rid of the ring, uh, or destroy the Sauron's forces, and Sauron's forces try to destroy the good guys, or catch the ring. And that's basically the game. You follow the happenings in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'm talking about the books, the book trilogy, also the movie trilogy, but this is, I think, more related to the books than the movie. Basically, yeah. That's it. This is very long game. It's been so long since I played it last time, so probably the next game will take too long again. It's easily four hours if you don't know by heart what to do, but it could be played in two hours 
but I don't think that it will be under 3 unless it ends early. But yeah, this is one of the games that I really, really want to play. I would play this every weekend if possible, if there were no time constraints. And in my opinion, this is probably the best game ever made for me. But because of not playing it for a while, it's on the second place on the list. War of the Ring, second edition. On the first spot in this list, do you know what it is? Let me give you tips. It's published in 2005. It has different name earlier. It's published by Eagle Griffin Games, the newest version. It came out with an anniversary edition, the one that I have currently. It's ridiculous size box. It has lots of expansions and those expansions are maps. And all the expansions have their own deck of cards that work with the expansion. So basically they are separate games, only use the pieces from the main game. This is designed by Glenn Rover and Martin Wallace and it is Railways of the World, earlier known as Railroad Tycoon, the board game. And why this is on the first spot is because I would play this almost at any time, if possible. This is a game that is easy to teach. It's very tight because of the mechanisms in the game and it's also quite good production it looks good it's easy to play also and it flows very well and it might be light but the point is not that the game would be light the point is that you play the players here so you have to pay attention what the others are doing because you can be blocked very badly especially if you try to make long roads basically whatever map you choose you make roads on that map trying to deliver cubes from a city to another and try to have a strong enough train to be able to carry them for a long enough distance and then you collect income and after a certain point in the income track when you have enough income that will begin decreasing so the better you do the less money you gain and it's very good mechanism because otherwise if it would just go up all the time whoever would get the most income in the beginning would run away with the game but now it in a way forcefully slows down the one who is in lead so the others can catch up which creates tension to the end game unless you play yourself out earlier already what is interesting is that you don't have money in this game i was reading the rules and i read it maybe four times that how much money do you get in the beginning you don't you take a loan <laughs> so in this game this Martin Wallace has this some kind of, I don't know why, he has some kind of fixation to loans, that people have to take loans and suffer with them. Maybe he has some experience with that or not. I don't know, but he's putting these loan things to his games, and it's a good mechanism. But getting too many loans in the beginning of the game might slow you down too much. So... It's a bit of a balance, it also depends a lot on the map and where you begin from and how much you need to build the tracks because it's different cost depending on the terrain and everything. And also it depends a bit on the cards that you get. But what I like about this is that you can play on a different map and it's a 
so different game. I like the Europe map most from the ones that I've played, I think. I should try the two-player map. I haven't introduced this yet to the wife. She might like this because she tends to like this type of games. Not necessarily train games, but this type of economic games that are variable and easy to play, but have depth in them. And I also have the railways of Nippon on the shelf that I didn't try either. So basically I have everything for this game. Also the mini expansions, also the event deck, but I missing this railways through time. And it seems that Eagle Griffin doesn't have that expansion in Europe and shipping it from US would be ridiculously expensive. So if someone <laughs> can ship it to me easily or sell it to me in Europe with a proper price, please let me know and we might have a deal. I really want that because it seems like an interesting map to play because you're going from era to era in that and it's again totally different thing. But these maps have differences like Europe is tight from the middle you try to go through there. The US map the one that comes with the game is very open and it's probably the easiest to play but it's also a big map huge map actually so it needs enough players. So you should probably play it with five or six. Then you can add the other side of US as well, the western part of US, and make a huge map that doesn't fit to anywhere, to any table that normal people have. And then you can play a very, very huge game. I'm actually thinking that should I try playing this with 10 players on that kind of a map, because there are four train colors in uh, railways of Nippon and six in the base game, so there are ten colors and ten sets of trains, so that would be possible. One day I want to try how it works. Well, the downtime might be quite long or high in that situation, maybe, but I want to try that one day. A ten-player game of Railways of the World with the whole US map that might be perfection. Might not add the Canada part, that might make it just crazy business because there's also the snow and everything and it might be a mess with the rules. But I want to try this. If anyone has tried it with the whole US map with more than six players, please let me know. I want to know your experiences. I asked about it in Geek, and it seemed that people hadn't tried it. I got some responses and they said that go for it and such. So that might be something to do. Anyway, this is a game that I will play every time I have a chance, if there's nothing preventing that. And that's why it's on position one on my favorite games of all time, Railways of the World. So that's it for the list. Thank you for listening, even if you listen just this one, if you stayed along with the journey from the very beginning where I evaluated my tests in comparison to the other people's tests that I thought that should get some shout outs and that I might have similar taste with if you began from the very beginning and ended up here really a huge thank you and if you liked what you listened please tell people that you liked what you listened and maybe they can listen as well and Leave a review, but leave an honest review. I've got only two comments on these episodes, both of them in Board Game Arena, but there's nothing in this normal place where you can get the comments in. 
I'll try to make these into videos and to YouTube, but I will finish this first and then I look at it if possible. I don't want to make it just a static image. I want to make some images of the games or such there, but I have to be able to do that easily and not fight with it. So I need a software that works with it. Remember the competition in the beginning. Send me your top 9 list to my email address mitapelatan at gmail.com or make a post in social media but tag it with hashtag mitapelatan my top 9 9 being a number or send a DM in Facebook to me to my page mitapelata and you can follow me everywhere in the social media don't come to the yard and walk behind me that's strange and illegal if you come to the yard and if you like my stuff, like my stuff. And if you think that it's worth telling to the friends, like I said, please tell to the friends so they can find me as well. It's very delightful to see that there are some listeners that haven't listened to this podcast earlier. And I really like it that more people are finding me. And just the interaction, more more interaction. So I know if I'm doing something right or wrong or what should I improve and what am I doing well already and now is a good time to say that I still have this feedback form up in Google Forms you can or not you can but please go and reply to that respond to that the link to that is in the link tree forward slash mitapelatan or in the front page of my blog if you go to mitapelatan.wordpress.com it's there in the front page that has this about Mitapelatan information also. I promised the people who enter that that they will get some used game but only two have so far attended the lottery in that although there are some feedbacks but nobody seemed to want the game <laughs> but please go and fill that form if you haven't filled it earlier and also you can get the games by sending me your top nine lists. And the more lists come, the more winners there will be. And the more or less chance you have at winning, let's see. And yeah, that's about it. So many thank yous for listening. Kiitos paljon kaikille. I hope you have enjoyed it at least time to time, even if not all of it. You can find this podcast in SoundCloud at Mitapelataan. Also, you can find it from iTunes, Stitcher, Tune, in radio, wherever you find your podcasts. Spotify also by searching Mitapelataan. If you can't find it, ask me and send you the RSS feed. You can find me from Instagram and Twitter with username Mitapelataan. There's a page in Facebook, Mitapelata. I have a blog, mitapelataan.wordpress.com, where I have written reviews and other stuff. You can find all the relevant links from linktree forward slash mitapelataan. You can send me email to mitapelataan at gmail.com. And as always, thank you so much for listening and bye-bye. Thanks for the music to Grimwater.